Hello guys, welcome to our podcast. Today our topic is Formula One. As you guys know, Formula One is a pretty popular sport and four of us are pretty much an enthusiast of this race. So my name is Canard and we have three other guys. Introduce yourselves, please. My name is Shafiq. Yep, Shafiq. <laughs> my name is Ryan. <laughs> and, my name and last one? Is Kia. A Ferrari fan. Okay. Charles Leclerc. Passionate. Very passionate fan. So before we start, let's just like, uh, who do you guys like support from the start? Like at the race before everything, just like where do you guys stand in this race? Like who do you support in this race? I would like to know which one. Uh, I would say I support the Red Bull and Max Verstappen and Alex Albon, but I also like other teams. Obviously, it's a shame to see both of them DNF, but I think it's a sacrifice that's worth, you know, to make the race better. Okay, how about you, how about you, Shafiq? Who do, where do you stand, Shafiq? I mean, for from from the first time I watched F1, I was a Mercedes fan. I used to like Nico Rosberg, but now he's not in the race anymore. So, uh, I'm going to go for Hamilton for the rest of the season. Okay, how about you, Hiskia? Where do you stand? Shafiq is such a cliche, man. <laughs> what? Uh, well, okay, so uh, I'm a Ferrari fan since Fernando Alonso. Well, that's a long time, right? Actually, I'm a fan yes, of really- Sebastian Vettel, but but knowing his his races since the past two years, I don't think I should be a fan of Sebastian Vettel because... I get disappointed a lot, but so I moved on to this young racer, young talented racer called Charles Leclerc. <laughs> of course, of course, big fanboy. As for me, I also stand with almost the same thing as his guy. I mainly am a fan of Ferrari, and I love Charles Leclerc. No homo, but I love Charles Leclerc. <laughs> okay, let's start from qualifying, guys. Qualifying, it wasn't the best qualifying. Let's be real. Mercedes they dominated one two, but. Hamilton got a penalty last second, so he dropped down to P5, and it ended up making Verstappen at P2 and Lando Norris on P3. That was epic, okay? I, I love that qualify after qualifying that there is a penalty, but where do you guys stand in that penalty? Like, do you agree with the penalty, or do you not agree with the penalty? As a Mercedes fan, uh, I don't agree with the penalty. <laughs> of course. How, how, about, of course. how about the rest? Do you guys agree with it? Of course you guys uh, agree with this. In a non-biased fashion, I would say I disagree with it because it wouldn't really affect anything. Even if, and you know, Lewis saw Bottas obviously off the track, and the decision was so late that it looked suspicious. But since I'm not a Mercedes fan and I'm a Red Bull fan, I'm very happy with the decision because it put Max in the P2 before his engine. So yeah, blew. Up. You decided to give up on him. Oh yeah, talking about that, he. His he started having like engine problems at around lap eleven, right? And it was like it was very sad. No, it's what, what do you guys 14. think? Like, yeah, what, what do you guys like? Uh, what what's your guys' thoughts? Like after like you know that Verstappen DNF. I I want to listen from the Mercedes fan himself because of course his like only challenge next Verstappen is gone. What do you feel, Shafiq, when you're I mean, watching the one? I mean, when the car slowed down, I was pretty happy. It was and like because. The reason why Hamilton got the penalty is because Red Bull, right? So I was quite happy yeah. with it. And I said to Mateo, who is also a Red Bull friend, 
uh, I said, oh, karma is real. And then like, blah, blah, blah. And now he hates me. <laughs> very, very, very nice friendship you got there with Mateo. Yeah, How about nice. you? How about you, Hiskia? You're a Ferrari fan. And you're not that big of a Red Bull fan either. Of course. What What, what are your thoughts about Verstappen? The anything? I never liked Verstappen at the start. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's a very talented racer, but I, I was never a fan. Of course, uh, with mm-hmm. Verstappen BMF, Charles Leclerc will never get the second place. So I'm very yeah, yeah. that he DNF that Charles Leclerc retained his position as one of the most talented drivers in Formula One these days. So I'm very happy. And again, Lando Norris. Oh my god, I'm I'm also a fan of Lando Norris since the start. So yeah, I'm happy. So you're a fan of Young Guns, I guess. You're a big fan of Young Guns, his kid. Then. Yes. Okay. So next after Verstappen, the end, I think it was <coughs> Daniel Ricciardo. What What are you guys' thoughts about that? I feel like I'm mean, like he's not that big of a deal right now, but he DNF after like soon after Max Verstappen DNF. Like, what are you guys' thoughts about that? Like, I feel like, I feel like after Ricardo, like he DNF'd, I feel like everything's just going downhill. I feel like someone's gonna DNF even more. So, what are you guys' thoughts after him DNFing? I initially had high hopes for Renault because, as you can see, the nose of the Renault is also copying Mercedes's, right? Like yeah. the racing points similar. nose, it, it's very similar. I I would like to see some improvements in Renault, but. After Daniel Ricciardo's uh, DNF, I was a bit skeptical about Renault's improvements. I mean, they had decent pace, but just not reliable enough. And the fact that Ricciardo DNF right after Max, you know, reminded me of 2018 when Red Bull had really bad reliability, but a really fast car. But yeah, whatever. Yes. Okay. It's like it's like Vietnam War flashbacks, dude. After like those two DNFs, it's like flashbacks to 2018 where the Renault engine was really unreliable good challenge for wins and yeah it was interesting now we all know Lewis is gonna win his seventh title okay let's let's zoom past the others like there's like four other people who DNF it was Lance Stroll Kevin Magnussen Roman Grosjean and George Russell they all of them have like problems issues with their with their cars And what's interesting, in my opinion, is uh, Kimi's DNF. His wheel literally just fell off and decided just to go on another route. What do you guys think about that? I, I was like kind of surprised actually when I saw Kimi just DNF like shit up at the race after the safety car reset, if I'm mistaken. It's very disappointing because I was expecting to see more of Kimi before his goodbye to this race to at Formula One world. However, I think. It's it's Alfa Romeo's fault, actually. <laughs> it's not- <laughs> Their wheels just literally just fell off, dude. Like yeah. straight up, just fell off. I feel I felt like there there's something loose about that wheel. If you looked at the replay, I feel like they didn't like tighten up the the wheels like really hard though. So I think yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's another mechanical problem. Okay, after Raikkonen's DNF, we come to a very controversial topic: Alexander Albon and Lewis Hamilton. Ah, After yes. what, what do you guys think? Okay, let's start from the Mercedes fan himself. What What do you think of the contact between Lewis Hamilton and Alexander Albon? What do you think? I mean, Albon, for me, for me, Albon was clearly going to Lewis Hamilton's path. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys. 
So yeah, I want to hear from Albon's the Ferrari fault. fan. I want to hear from the Ferrari fan. Who's who's at fault? Do you think it is? Do you think Hamilton deserves a penalty or no? I think as if I am Hamilton, he is just using his racer instinct. If you if you see a chance, you go for it. But it turned out bad, and it somehow looked like a dirty move himself. So, however, like like let's be real. If if you're not a Mercedes fan, you don't want Hamilton to be the next world champion. I think that's a pretty dirty move myself. But I guess on the other side, it's just his racer instinct. It's just in his blood, you know. If you see a chance, you go for it, and it turns. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, how about you, Brian? What, what What do you think of this incident on the race? I don't know. Like Albon went to the outside. Obviously, he was like ahead going into the corner. But if uh, if I was Lewis, it would be really hard to avoid Albon as well. You know, uh, your car's understeering. You couldn't really avoid him. But technically, if we were strictly speaking by the rules. It was Lewis's, uh, what do you call it, obligation to avoid the contact. But I think it's also really hard to put a on Lewis because you know, it's a very difficult situation. Your car is understeering. You can't really do much to, you know, uh, I guess counteract it. And as for Albon, I feel bad for him. You know, uh, I think the move was... You know, it was technically good and it was technically legal, but I feel like he probably could have waited a few more corners since he had the soft tires. You know, he could have probably overtaken Hamilton easily and maybe even took the win. But um, that's just hypothetical, really. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree with like what Brian said when like I feel like Albon he he was on the superior tires, like his tires was like. Uh, it was softs, right? If I'm mistaken, he was on softs and Hamilton was on hard. So I feel like if he waited for like at least the DRS, another DRS zone, I feel like he could have gotten the move like cleaner. But I mean, like let's 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 be real. If Albon didn't do that move and there was there was no contact with with Hamilton, this final what do you call it, standings would not happen. Leclerc won't be in the podium and Lando w- would also not get his first podium, which is kind of interesting too. But I also feel bad for. Albon in the same time. So after that, like short after, if I'm mistaken, Daniel Kvyat's wheel just blew off like not long later and we get our final standings. It, it was a solid race for Latifi though because he like just survived. Survived and got P11 from like last place if I'm mistaken. Yeah, but he and, didn't get uh, points. He didn't yeah, get points actually. Yeah, it was a shame. It was a shame it was that a he shame. didn't get I points. Like, it's more down to people DNFing. And it's not like people DNF on their fault. Like two of the Hasses have brake problems. The Mercedes-powered cars have their own sensor issues and gearbox issues. Yeah. So, uh, like, I don't know. To be fair, Haas is Mo- a meme team. It's Grosjean and Mac Newton, you know, on the same team. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm mean, like, most of yeah. the people who DNF wasn't like their fault. It wasn't like. Yeah, them crashing to someone and suddenly DNF. Yeah, uh, Haas just went back to 2016 spec, you know, when their brakes were crap. If Grosjean and DNF, I'm not surprised. It's Grosjean and Magnussen. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, I, I feel like the underdogs of this race are the racing point. They, they were on form, like, the entire, what do you call it, practice qualifying, they were, like, on form. You know, they point. probably expected better than 
P6, you know, uh, for their best driver. Of course, the other one, Lance Stroll, DNF'd with mechanical issues. Um, yeah. They probably expected to do better since that thing is essentially a pick 2019 Mercedes. But <laughs> yeah. It looks but exactly like... the same. Exactly the same. I'm not even joking. <laughs> you know, you know, but yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty solid though. Yeah, mechanical problems and some unluckiness with not going into the pits on safety car period. I still don't know why. And, you know, just generally having to be careful because of the, you know, the fragility of the overall package because, you know, the Mercedes engine and their sensors, everything seems to be fragile this weekend uh, on the curbs, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think like that's it for racing point, I guess. Yeah. Also, like another interesting fact in this race is Vettel is behind Antonio Giovinazzi. <laughs> Let's like take that sink. Let's make that sink in first. Like Vettel is behind Antonio Giovinazzi. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, I mean, like it's it was not like it's like his fault e too. So, like I'm not surprised. Well, which I, yeah. I feel like it's kind of a shame though. Well, to, be fair, to be honest, he he put himself in that position. You know, if he yeah, exactly, he didn't go for it. You know, when he had signed earlier in the race, he wouldn't be in that position. But I don't see him being in a podium since the start as well. And second of all, I don't know what happened to Ferrari's engine. Well, you know, without DRS, Leclerc wouldn't be in the second place. Without DRS, I don't know what what happened to their engines. I honestly don't know. They're yeah, right. I, I'm so confused. Sort of gone bad since the FI investigation. I'm not saying that they were cheating last year, but um, yeah, ever since that investigation, their engines just became really bad. And you know, if you see onboard footage of Vettel trying to drive that car around, it seems like a bit of a handful. You know, uh, it's an absolutely horrible, horrible car. I don't even know how it ended up in P2, but. I guess that's yeah. just the way it is. I mean, compared if you to last street. Monza race, do you see Ferrari's engine in Monza, Leclerc winning the race? Oh my God. You know, even the Mercedes cannot keep up. Ferrari said it, yeah. It was the fastest last year. Yeah, it was crazy. Like last year, especially on like the streets, it was like mad. It was like crazy. But like now, this year, on the exact same track on, on where Leclerc got his pole position, his like second if I'm mistaken, his second pole position on Austria, he, he was like so. zooming through. He was zooming through. And now he barely even reaches 300 kilometers per hour on the streets, which which is crazy. Like, yeah. wh- how? Like, everyone's like easily like breaking the 300 kilometer per hour mile. What do you call it? Yeah, 300 kilometer per hours. And like, Ferrari is just there. It's just like going like 290, 280. And like, it's, it's weird. They're like 10 k- km per hour like slower, which is weird for Ferrari especially Ferrari and it's like I'm, I'm very sure that Leclerc is like very lucky to get that position P2 if it wasn't for Hamilton's penalty honestly yeah I think that was an overall good race I mean McLaren was also very surprising uh, they had a good package and you know I guess nobody really talks about Pierre Gasly you know? he ended up in 7th with Alpha Tauri, which is really not bad, especially considering how he did at Red Bull, you know. Yeah, so, I agree. So yeah. Also, it was a really good race for Valtteri. He led every, every like what do you call it? Every lap. He, he was on form. He just zoomed, bro, in the entire race, which is also props to him. It was also a really good race for him. 
but overall, how do you guys summarize this race on Austria before we wrap up everything? Madness. It was madness. Madness. Yeah, it was yeah, madness. It's pure it was madness. Surprising. Very surprising. But if you guys would rate it like with one word, what would it be? Just like something, just say a word. Surprising. <laughs> Eventful. How about you? Respect for mm. Perez, though. Uh, I, I really have so much respect for Perez race. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I guess that sums up our podcast when we talk about uh, Formula One. It has been 217 days since we had last a Formula One race, almost a year. And it's really refreshing to have the first race on 2020 like this. I wish like all the races were was like this. So let's just hope for the best. I guess that's it for today's podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you in the next podcast if we have another one. If we have another one. <laughs> <laughs> if we have another one. So stay tuned. Thank you. Bye.